Hello and welcome to this episode of the Lehigh Valley with Love podcast. I'm your host, George Wacker, and today we're talking with retiring WDIY 88.1 FM Executive Director Greg Caponia. We talk about Greg's nearly 50 years in radio, from his initial interest as a child to buying radio stations across the country to eventually coming to Bethlehem and WDIY. We talk about how radio has changed over the years, where it may be heading in the future, and why WDIY is such a vital piece of that story. WDIY produces 21 long-form community programs. They have more than 120 volunteers producing 80 public affairs, news, and music programs. And the station has positioned itself with local nonprofits, music venues, personalities. And we also get to talk about how they curate music and uh, they, they listen to music with you. You know, it's not these computers generating stuff for you. Uh, that's refreshing. Local radio is thriving in the Lehigh Valley, and we're going to find out why. Thank you to our partners, WDIY, the Wind Creek Event Center, Michael Bernadine with Remax, Molly's Irish Grill and Sports Pub, and Banco Beverage. And now, let's talk with retiring WDIY FM Executive Director, Greg Caponia. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Lehigh Valley with Love podcast recorded on location at the studios of WDIY in South Bethlehem. And we're here today with Executive Director of WDIY, Greg Caponia. Um, sort of bittersweet, but we're celebrating your uh, retirement from D- WDIY. Well, retirement from working, yeah, I would say yes. Uh, yeah. But we're also celebrating WDIY Absolutely. In, in general. Um, before we get to all that great stuff and what makes WDIY so fascinating and such a great part of the community, an important part of the community, we want to get to know you, you know, right. as you, you hit your way out here. But, <laughs> you know, you did say retiring yes. um, and you did say a long time. What is it, like 38 years? Actually, I started doing this when I was 13 in high 13. school radio. So that puts it over 50 years. 40, 50 years. Well, bring me back then, like 13. Where were you and where did you grow up? Where in the world? I grew up in Royal Oak, Michigan. We were fortunate that we had a high school radio station. Okay. W-O-A-K, the 10-watt big shot. And, uh, you know, it was part of the radio speech program, but we had to get a third-class endorsed license. Mm -hmm. We had to go down to Detroit to get that, and uh, we had to study for it. It was uh, one of the things you had to have to be able to touch the controls. So it was a big deal when you got that uh, third-class endorsed license. And then we started doing um, recording uh, radio speech programs and then they would let us run wild once in a while with uh, letting letting us play our own music and what about it for you like what was that attraction to radio what what made it my father was in the theater business he was an advanced man in the uh, theater business and this is back when people uh, when, when movie stars were contracted by the uh studios mm-hmm. So my father was one of these people who would take movie stars around a region to sit in with the uh, morning shows, the the midday shows, the afternoon shows to promote a movie. And so my father always took us. We were always traveling with him, my brother and I, and uh, my sister opted uh, to uh, study, and and she's smarter than us. Right. So, uh, but my brother and I had a lot of exposure to radio and TV, and he would always tell us when we were little kids, uh, shake hands and look at him in the eye, you're going to be asking them for a job someday. 
So that's how we got into this. Um, but my brother, uh, for example, would um, uh, he, he would he would broadcast football and baseball games to himself on a recorder. Okay. And uh, in the mean, he's six years older than I am. And in the meantime, I would be trying to win stuff on the local radio station. So a big fan of radio, big fan of music. That's how we that's how we got into it. Like I said, my sister, the smarter one, opted to not go into radio. Do you, do you this is just a fascinating I never like knew of that position. I mean, I guess like a wrangler, an agent or, or something to that effect. Do you remember any movie stars in particular or anybody? A lot. Is there, like, yeah. do you have a story or? Oh, wow. Uh, I mean, one day my brother uh, woke me up. I was, I may have, may have been seven or eight years old and my brother poked me. He's six years older. We were in bunk beds and he said, hey, Mikhail's Navy's on the front yard. And uh, sure enough, uh, my father had toured with them and they were, wow. uh, the bus was parked outside our house <laughs> and they were all, oh, into the cups. Right. And uh, having a great well, time and uh, laying and partying in our front yard. So, I mean, that's one of the more memorable, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I saw Maury Chevalier uh, act in a movie. I, I mean, I've used a lot of stuff. And I, you must like take that little bit of the... Pat Boone, uh, for, <laughs> Fess Parker. I mean, oh God. Well, I mean, it's fascinating Trump to be exposed to that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's incredible. Because it yeah. takes away that wall of like, they don't like you get you got to see some of those people yeah. for many kids. Yeah, like that's, uh, you know, um, something that they wouldn't have any experience with. What it was a cool thing? What do you do then, you know, through your, your high school career? And then how does that parlay into post high school? And well, uh, my father thought I would re be really good at this because he said I wasn't that smart. That's and he okay. said, uh, if you're going to be uh, on radio or TV, uh, I work with these folks, uh, you'll be great at it um, because uh, you're not as smart as your brother and your sister. So uh, thanks, Dad. Yeah, I, well, he, he knew me and uh, he was right. Um, and so uh, I, I was always on the air. Um, I remember in high school, then I went to college and uh, was the news director of a radio station, uh, a college radio station. Also did uh, some TV work there. And then when I graduated, I was a, a oh gosh, I, I, I worked for the NBC affiliate in Lansing, Michigan when I graduated okay. as a newscaster. Okay. Uh, uh, did that for a year um, and really wasn't that good at it. Uh, it's a different animal. Well, it, away. I was too young to uh, understand um, that the delivery of the news was important. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, but I was so worried about how I looked I and was I trying to do the right or was I doing the right thing? Because I was mm -hmm. pretty young uh, at the time. I think I was the youngest person at the station. And uh, and that took my eye off of the content that I was supposed to be delivering. Not that I didn't deliver it, but I may have not understand, uh, understood the implication of what I was saying. I was more worried about was my jacket on straight and my tie right. You know, it was more acting. But you learn from that. Like where there are many people I would imagine who kind of get stuck in that. that oh, rut. sure, sure. Um, what I learned was that the salespeople and the haul across the uh, way were making five times the money I was making, mm. uh, <laughs> most of all. 
And so uh, after one year on the air, uh, reporting and being a photographer, uh, enjoyed it, but but wanted to go into sales. So I made that transition and then went into a radio, went to a radio station to sell. And was that all previous to WDIY? I mean, oh yeah. So this is like, I mean, what? But I mean, I guess what's the most yeah, recent? Like, wow. what were you doing? Uh, you, you were WDIY for about five years or so. Five years. Okay. Yeah. Um, I had a job at ABC Radio in Detroit in the early '80s, and uh, I had done as a sales rep. I had done pretty good, and uh, one day they called me in and said, uh, "Hey, you've done a great job, but uh, we're going to cut your commission." Okay. Um, and that didn't make a lot of sense to me. Mm-hmm. And I came away from that thinking, "Wow, I better get into business for myself, otherwise people are always going to be cutting my commissions." Now, this is in ni- 1981. Um, so I started a. A consulting business. Uh, I had no rights to do that. <laughs> but oddly enough, if you call yourself a consultant, at least back in 1982 at this time, people would hire you. Okay. And so I'd never been a sales manager yet. I was telling, teaching uh, uh, people how to sell and coaching sales managers and general managers in commercial radio how to sell advertising. And fake uh, it till you make it. I mean, you know, you got to start somewhere. And uh, I guess what I was telling them worked because it it, it worked. Mm-hmm. And in that way, I met my uh, oh, a person who was my partner for almost 30 years. One of my clients, he said, uh, hey, we should go raise some money and buy some radio stations. So this was in 1986. Okay. 85, 86. And so um, we did. Interestingly enough, we, we our first stations we purchased were from Century, Insh- Century uh, the insurance and uh, oh, uh, Century Insurance Company. Mm-hmm. And we sent them a check for $20,000, which we couldn't cover. And <laughs> some, some one-sided... Uh, terms to buy four radio stations, Mm -hmm. uh, two in Rockford, Illinois, two in Lansing, Michigan, figuring that we could get the conversation started if we sent them this $20,000 check to get their attention. We didn't think we were going to cash it. We told them because the the uh, terms of the deal were so one-sided. Well, we didn't realize how badly they wanted out of radio. And so the banker called us and said, hey, this, this check cleared. And we were like, all right, that's cool. We're getting some radio stations. And then we went, oh, we got to cover the check. So we had a list, uh, rich friends and friends who know rich people. And so we gathered the 20 grand, put some of our own in there, and we covered the check. And then we had to go out and um, raise $2.8 million. And uh, we did. (laughs) You know? I I mean, yeah. Motivated by the loss of uh, potentially losing twenty thousand dollars, we raised two point eight million. And then what what happens then when you purchase these? Bought four? Those ra- yeah, yeah, bought those radio stations, operated them until uh, in for for two and a half years. Sold those. Uh, you sell when you can make some money, mm-hmm. and then uh, I uh, got uh, it, one of the. Rich people who knew rich people introduced introduced me to a guy who uh, 
was my mentor, uh, a guy named Jackson Smart. Mm -hmm. And Jackson was uh, a brilliant guy and another person named Gary Priestap. Um, outstanding folks. They took me to business school. Um, and together, uh, they asked me, w w if you're going to buy a radio station, what would you want to buy? And I said, well, this station, WITL in Lansing, Michigan, mm -hmm. uh, the cost was $10 million at the time and uh, a lot of money for a radio station. And I, uh, as a young person, uh, was propelled into this arena that I never thought I could be in. Uh, on the uh, backs of these two individuals mm -hmm. and met some incredible people. Uh, we bought the station for 10 million and then uh, Duopoly came along. We could buy another radio station in Lansing. We bought that. And then we ultimately ended up flipping it and it was a pretty good deal. Yeah. Uh, but I, but the part of that was that uh, the fun part of that was it was country radio and country radio is just exploding. Okay. And so I met almost every every country radio artist at the time and went to all the shows. And in fact, uh, we even started a band at the radio station, a house band and ended up opening for all of these great bands. Um, okay. I mean, like, you know, open for Johnny Cash, Vince Gill. Um, I mean, the list just goes on and on and on. That's Clint wild. Black. It was just, it was so much fun. We really loved our job. But when it was time to sell, about 96, we sold. Mm -hmm. And then after that, um, well, we continued the quest. And uh, my friend Charlie and I, we went back to uh, thinking, okay, let's uh, buy more radio stations. So um, we... Uh, there's like a, is there somebody you call to be like, what's... Because, you know, it's not like Zillow yeah, now where you yeah, pull up well, an app and see yeah, what's well, available. Yeah, well, started, you started calling venture capital companies because mm -hmm. we knew the next play was going to be a lot more money. So we ended up at Bain Capital in Boston. Okay. Uh, where we got some equity. And, uh, oh, gosh, we bought uh, a group. We, we pieced together uh, sta uh, stations that we said were in the rust belt of the United States because nobody wanted to be there, but we knew them really well. Mm -hmm. So we operated those stations, uh, for four years. And then, uh, when the exit time came out, we sold to the larger companies who were consolidating. Which and is like the early 2000s. This would have been about 2000. Yeah. Okay. We sold those. And then, uh, and then we got back into uh, the consolidation uh, started happening. And uh, we knew that um, the larger players were occupying that space and could outbid us on anything we really wanted to really buy. Like the iHeart Medias of the world. Absolutely. And, yeah. yeah. So, you know, we sold our stations to Citadel and Cumulus at the time. And, uh, and then we went and worked on, uh, Charlie and I went and worked on, uh, with some other partners, worked on move-ins. So you'd take a radio station, for example, that was suburban to Savannah. Okay. Uh, and with the roll-up and consolidation, uh, stations were trading for high multiples. So there was a lot of money in uh, the grunt work, if you will. So what we would do is we'd find a station that was peripheral to a southern market uh, that couldn't cover the big market. And then we'd move the tower into the big market and then sell it to the other people, Interesting. To, to, the, to the bigger company. So okay. I did that for well. four or five years. Then I went to work for Clear Channel, which is now iHeart and Southern mm -hmm. uh, half of, uh, uh, I ran South Florida 
um, which was fun. I got to live in Key Largo, Florida, and uh, oh boy, sure I've, beats uh, today. <laughs> yeah, you know, I was down there with my. I, I remember my son going to going to school and uh, t-shirts and. Right. And uh, shorts and thinking, wow, this is, uh, you know, and then I was going to school and or going to work in T-shirts and shorts. Um, it's a pretty wild existence. Well, which, but, beg, uh, which begs the question, how do you trade that to five years ago, you know, come to the Lehigh Valley? What, well, there was an it, interim was, stop there. <laughs> okay. uh, um, I went to work for it, it, consolidation was occurring. I our, Clear Channel was. Uh, uh, had paid too much for their entire uh, group. And so they were I, 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 billions of dollars underwater. Right, yeah. So yeah. I could see the explosion coming. I could see that the, the, the they get were- out of here. Before, yeah, yeah, so I could see things getting ugly. And at the same time, I had an opportunity to go run some radio stations in the Baton Rouge area mm -hmm. uh, with some people that I sold to earlier, that we sold to earlier um, at uh, Citadel. So I ran uh, some stations, uh, urban stations in South Louisiana, and uh, that's where I met my wife. Okay. And that would have been 2009. All right. Yeah. And uh, it was a fun, fun opportunity. Uh, I would imagine you're in, in New Orleans, no matter what. You're still, you're working, but still you're in that environment. Every yeah, day. you know, it was fun to go to... Uh, Oh gosh, go to a Snoop concert and right. you know, I'm like this 50-year-old guy who uh, you know, demographically is out there and uh, you know, hanging out with Rick Ross and uh, people like that. I mean, he's uh, Yeah, well I'd walk in and they go, "Hey, what's up?" I go, "Hey, you like your music." <laughs> well, I guess before we we talk about how you came here then, that's that's interesting. You you've named many genres right so yeah <laughs> what what's your musical journey in terms of taste or is it always evolving or well i like everything i played uh, i played clarinet in high school um then i played guitar later on in life um i really like good music i, I really really like good music if i'm sitting on a plane today mm -hmm. and i've got hours to kill it goes everywhere from the cow sills to lou reed and uh then i'll listen to some classical music but i mean there's just nothing that really um there's nothing that really uh i seek i like you know reggae music i mean it's just like whatever it is and that's why i like wdiy i think that's a, I, I think that really is the reason why i ended up here because i like the music i like the what the station does and when i first heard about the station and I came here to listen before I really, uh, oh gosh, I interviewed once with a headhunter. And then I came here to listen. I actually walked around the radio station yeah. and I remember seeing Stu Brody and, and sure. he looked, up at, he looked up at me and he waved and he was like, who are you? And I was just like, oh, I'm just a visitor. I like what you do. And he goes, oh, thanks. Yeah. And, you know, Stu's playing music from all over who knows what. And I'm thinking... Hey man, this is really some cool stuff. This reminds me of college radio or old AOR or freeform rock where the person who was playing the music played what they felt like they wanted to play 
they knew the audience so well that they knew what it's to like play. You're sharing it when you're sharing music with your friend. Absolutely. Like, you know, you got to listen to this because he does this thing at this, you know. A radio station is a WDIY is truly every day. It's a mixtape prepared for our listeners by the people who are presenting on the radio. It's really cool. Yeah. And, and you know, so then you mix that in with, you know, it's classical, it's rock, it's jazz, it's folk. And I don't hear anything that I don't like. I mean, I think it's all really cool stuff. And the real reason why it's cool stuff is because the presenters, the hosts, sure. well, put so much effort into every single show. And I remember doing that in high school. I think, you know, what do people want to hear? Yeah. Instead of somebody telling you, here, play this. The masses love this. Well, it's funny. You mentioned Stuart Brody, who, you know, I'm not, I don't know him very well, but I know him. Yeah. I know, you know, some of the other hosts as well. So it is fun to, because it's like their personalities. But every one of them. Coming through, through as well. Tell me, we just talked about like, you know, some, at least the Eastern coast when we're talking about radio. Can you kind of put it in layman's terms or terms that I would understand of why a radio station like WDIY today stands out? Sure. And it does. And it does for a very important reason. When consolidation hit and everybody paid to all the big companies, iHeart, Cumulus, Citadel, which is now out of business, um, so many companies have, have fallen. Um, they had to figure out how to operate these radio stations for less money. So not only did they consolidate the radio stations, but they consolidated the talent. Mm -hmm. So, for example, one of the reasons why I finally left uh, Cumulus Radio in 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 uh, South Louisiana was because one of the radio stations we had was a general market radio station, and they were playing Scott Shannon. They they made me play the Scott Shannon Morning Show from New York, right? And Scott yeah, Shannon was doing a show about uh, who's got the best slice of pizza in New York. People. In, Baton Rouge don't care. People right. in New Orleans don't care. Um, and I was like, wow, this is this is over. It's they've consolidated to the point where now they're telling people stuff that they don't want to hear. But in South Louisiana, the community radio stations are telling people what they want to hear. And I've always been a big fan of All Things Considered and uh, Morning Edition um, and in uh, members of the stations. And so. I thought I'd look into public radio, and uh, and when I listened to this radio station, I thought to myself, okay, here here's a radio station that is playing content that people in the Lehigh Valley want to listen to, mm -hmm. and they're doing it live 24-7. Nobody's live 24-7 anymore. No. This place has always got people behind the microphone, so that's important to the local community because... You know, if something happens, uh, you want to be able to have somebody in real time say, hey, there's a there's a there's a uh, traffic snarl here or there's a weather emergency or God forbid there's a train derailment or something like that. We get on the air and we start saying, hey, look out. Nobody does that. anymore. No, it's really you, like when you talked about the 80s and your love for radio, then. It's a hold off, you know, a whole a, a throwback to then, but it still is relevant. We're still it's doing a, it here. Right. We're still doing it here. And not only that, but we expanded our footprint into the public, uh, into the into 
We expanded our footprint into bringing in local people who are important to this community to talk about the things that are important to the community. So we started a show with Becky Bradley, for example, Mm -hmm. about planning. Well, you know, people don't understand how much planning goes into a simple road. Uh, It's incredible. (laughs) And and it's fun for me. And so I'm naturally a very curious person. So I don't usually go into these uh, shows with a lot of scripting Mm -hmm. because... As you can tell, I like to talk, and I'm but I'm curious. I want to know how do you build that? How do you, how do you put that sewer here, and what kind of easements does it take, and who right. has to agree to do that? And that's why it took ten months to start right. construction. Yeah, right. Uh, uh, you know, to find out that there's over twenty thousand trucks that pass by Hellertown at the intersection, and these folks all have to go to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. You know, this is interesting stuff. And so there are more bathrooms for male drivers and female drivers. So what do you do about that? I mean, this is real stuff. This is how we get our, this is how we get our, the, the goods that we consume. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, we've got, uh, oh, we've got. Uh, um, Lori Hackett. Lori Hackett doing favorite. her show. Yeah. Uh, where she brings in local nonprofits and digs into why this is important to this community. People don't understand how much volunteerism goes into this community and makes this community work. Big time. I mean, I didn't understand. I'm going to go into myself at all, but just even the stuff in my daughter's school, with places like United Way and your products and not only donation of money, but time. Yes. As well. Uh, and it's, yeah, I think you kind of can take it for granted, maybe, when you're not exposed to it as much or when people aren't talking about it as much. The folks at the pool organization, uh, the Leonard Parker mm-hmm. Pool Institute for Health, they are have been working for 40 years on the social determinants of health. You learn why green spaces are important. You learn why psychology of owning or, or psychology of, of becoming a friend to the people who live there in certain neighborhoods is so important. Um, shows like Active Lehigh Valley, we're out there showing people uh, with our friends over at, uh, at St. Luke's how to get involved in becoming active and in, in, in supporting yourself in a healthy lifestyle. Mm-hmm. It goes on and on and on. Well, and I think part, we talk about those institutions, WDIY, public radio is one of those it's important can you kind of for somebody again who isn't as familiar when you say public radio right what does that mean where does the funding come from for wdiy primarily from our members okay um we really we get our money three ways we get it from uh, we get a little bit of money from the uh for corporation for public broadcasting mm-hmm. But really what that does is it covers our NPR fees. So it's a clean wash. It's about $100,000. And it's like in and out. Yeah, right. it's an in and out. They they look at it and they they pay for the for the uh, NPR. But other than that, it takes, um, this is a little business. It yeah. it, it takes about $680,000 a year to run the business. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have five employees and over 120 volunteers. God bless these volunteers. Amazing. I mean, it's That's incredible. <laughs> it's incredible. I mean, it's just to see and to see it work is is incredible with all the volunteers. But so we get 100 from the from the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. Uh, 
and, and other grants, but we get a third through grants, a third through underwriting, which is our form of advertising, but it's not advertising, it's underwriting, it's support. Mm. And there's things we can't say that advertisers on other mediums can say that we can't, can't be comparative. Um, And it's, but it works. And then uh, most importantly, are those members. Sure. You we hear do us. the drives that we've oh all seen and participate 610-758-8810 or hit us on our app or go uh, securely to WDIY.org and make a contribution. You are the ones who support this radio station. That is the money that gets us over the hump. And uh, we have nearly 2,000 people who do that. And we're certainly looking to expand that number. And, and you're doing it by expanding and improving on what you're doing. You're not, we talk about how great it is that a radio station harkens back to those old times, right. but you've got the new app, you know, you, right. you're, you guys, when you're, you're putting out uh, podcasts that people can listen to through the website and other places as well. So you're not just sitting on, hey, right. we're, we're expanding. We're, we're, well, just as many people yeah. listen to our shows online and they time shift those shows mm-hmm. on the app, as they do on the air. In fact, sometimes more listen on the app than uh, because they're archived and they're podcasted forever. Which is great. Like I mean, this, you can go back and listen to it. You can go to our whenever. planning shows, uh, Actively High Valley, um, Health Beat with the Leonard Parker Pool Institute for Health, uh, Plan High Valley. I, you can go back to all these shows and there's a linear form of of. Uh, of conversation that goes on and they're almost the sequential podcast that you can listen to for the past three or right, four yeah, years. Like an afternoon on a Saturday or it's morning, really cool. put them on, put on the episodes. It's really cool. Them. And we're the only radio station in town that's doing that. Right. We're the only, we're the only ones who really do that and dig into these long form programs. Our programs last a half an hour. They're not sound bites. Right, and like even for something like I'm doing, right? It's right. much more general. It's yeah. like, hey, let's go talk to this person and this person where when you're talking about a planning show, okay. And you learn we're, interesting we're very things. specific and that's that's very important too it, to be able to drive down. And that. it's the little nuggets that make things really important. It's not that we're building a road, it's what goes into that road and what do they have to think about when they build this road in the consumers? How can they help the consumers? The Bike riding has become a really big deal in the Lehigh Valley. Yeah. So how do we make it better for the people who want to ride their bikes to get to where they want to? Well, you know, you put them on the front of the bus. Yeah. I mean, it's it's all but really we make cool. it easier. They're, they're redoing Broad Street. They got the ten million dollars. Yeah. And we're gonna have dedicated bike lanes. I mean, so it's really cool. The thoughts that go into these, and these are things that you don't necessarily think about. Um, We have another show called Your Financial Choices. Lori Siebert and uh, the folks at Valley National uh, Financial Advisors have been incredible supporters of this radio station. And Lori Siebert, if you go back and listen to all of her shows, which are archived on the Mm -hmm. WDIY app, (laughs) while you're there, you can hit the donate button, by the way. Uh, Lori will take you through everything that you have to go through during the year to plan for, well, to make to make good financial plans. And she's excellent. And she's a star of the radio station. And it's nice, too, to, like, maybe this is me. It can't be. But to be getting advice like this that maybe I could hear on a national show, but to know that it's someone local, 
like in my area, it means more to me for whatever reason that she might knows be. the local yeah. laws. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's just like I'm not hearing it from somebody like in California. It might be that way. It might not. If I'm hearing it from someone local, it gives me a level of trust. She can um, talk to people yeah. that are that still maybe still may have money uh, invested from when they worked in the steel factories. Sure. Like, how do you even absolutely? Navigate? I mean, and she knows how to talk to those people, and she knows how to talk to. Uh, she's just one of these. She's one of the community assets in the Lehigh Valley that you can't get anywhere else. And another thing that I would tell you is. No matter who's doing our shows, whether it's Karen and Lucille and, and all of our, our classical programmers or Arnie and Keith and Stu and uh, our blenders or the people who are doing the jazz programs like John or uh, folk sure. like, um, you know, our friends from uh, uh, from Godfrey Daniels, mm -hmm. they know this community. They program for this community, and you can't get that anywhere else. That's why we are so good at it. They are good at it. I just get the chance to sit here and watch it and kind of help it out. Yeah, and I don't like this is personal coming from me, but it is radio's changed so much. Like, even from when I was just listening as a kid, you'd call up and you'd talk to that DJ a lot of the times or, or what have you. And it feels like it's different when you do have those, you know, you hear about a radio station being bought up, you feel kind of sad about it. Yeah. I mean, know? it's a piece of your, it's, it's a it's like the newspapers. Uh, it's, you know, it, it's tough. Um, and let's face it, Spotify, for yeah. example, is an excellent way to listen to music, sure. but it's, not a good way to find out if there's anything locally going on in your community. So there's room for both. Absolutely. There's I, room for both. And I think that you talk about newspapers, too. It's important to do what you're doing and saying, we're not going to be blind to these factors that are going sure. on. Like we completely understand where people are. So how can we be valuable and provide that? But uh, I'll tell you what, it's what what amazes me on a daily basis is it's the volunteers the volunteer programmers right. here who are so concerned about this community that they come in and do this on a voluntary basis and they win awards doing it. Yeah. I mean, you just, I was in here like a month ago. Well, let's talk a little bit about that. It's, it's again, not only are you doing all these things, but you're being recognized for it. Yeah. It's um, pretty incredible. You just, what are they? State yeah, these are state. Uh, so there's Statewide. there's a couple of different awards. And these are just the most recent. Yeah, the Pennsylvania Association of Broadcasters uh, and also the Keystone Media Awards. Uh, they recognize excellence in broadcasting. Mm -hmm. So when we submit, there are newsrooms with 10, 15, 20 people. And we have a news right. director who... <laughs> coordinates news with volunteers right. and so which to, anyone who's ever done that can appreciate right so in yeah. the past in the past two years we've won 25 state awards for our programming right. our digital footprint our use of digital media uh, you can't argue with that division yeah. two station news station of the year so that's all stations except for Pittsburgh and Philadelphia, everything else. Um, last year we won, we tied KYW in Philly 
for winning the most amount of awards at the Pennsylvania Association of Broadcasters. They have thousands of watts. We have 300 watts. And a digital imprint, you know? Right. So to say that we're competing with some of these big radio stations and major markets. We should be proud of, you know, you guys should be proud, but we should be proud that we have you in the community. Our audience should be proud of the volunteers. Sure. I mean, that's what really, that's the truth. All the five employees here put all these volunteers together and make a schedule, allow them to do what they want to do and their passion for this product is award-winning and and we're gonna and local continue that even yeah, as you absolutely. progress here so what oh sure like as you're um you know re- retiring can you maybe list some of the things that you're most proud i'm sure you covered some of them but some of the things that you're proud that you can look back on from your time here and go you know that's something that i'm happy we we accomplished out of all the well i think you have to understand, this was a, a really good radio station when I was lucky enough mm. to be chosen to uh, become a part of this. So I viewed joining WDIY as a person might, oh, think about the on-ramp on a highway. Okay. Okay? Like, Everybody's driving 70 miles an hour. Things are going good. You're driving 70 miles an hour. So you have to figure out how to get into that uh uh, right, right. Entrance uh, in, in lane and then merge into traffic. So you merge into traffic and then you try to bring what you know from f- from doing years of radio and then ask and listen to the programmers about what they know. And then you try to see, is there a way we can put these thoughts together and and always turn out a better product for the listener? It's always for the listener. And so if you left it even just a little bit better than you found it, that's a success. Yeah, yeah. and I think that's that's what yeah. I've done. I think I, I hope I hope that people can think that over the past five years that um, we've made some improvements, but that doesn't mean that there's not a way to go. Sure. So this is a a very flexible, fast, frequent medium. And the person who will be next. That's what I was gonna ask. What, like do you have advice or some <laughs> Yeah, Sage words you know, I think I think the it, the most important thing is listen to the listen to the audience and continue to deliver what they want to hear mm-hmm. because it changes, mm-hmm. and and always thank the volunteers because without them none of this would be possible. Uh, it, the, the 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 people who contribute money. I mean, this is hard earned money. Especially during a time, you know, many times that it's harder money and people donate like crazy here. We can always use more. We can always use more. But I I think it's important for our listeners to know that our goal is to break even. Um, Really, it's not to make money. We don't make money. We're a nonprofit. Our goal is to break even. So if we end up with a little bit extra, then we'll deploy that into something like our award-winning youth media program. Right. uh, Like uh, youth scientists or, or, uh, uh, you know, programs that help. We're so proud of the people who've come in here and have left. Sure, yeah. You know, our young people. I know for you, yeah. We hope our young people come in here, learn a craft, and then move on. Uh, I have a I have a meeting tomorrow. One of the people who 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 left 
to go on to a bigger station, bigger mm-hmm. market is coming in tomorrow and, and we're going to chat and, and uh, probably go have lunch. I mean, these are success yeah. stories. We're a training ground for a lot of young people who want to be good journalists, who want to be good programmers. Um, like this public is, radio is still very much alive and well. Support this radio this station, yes. folks. This is really a cool place. Right. You know, please help support this. In, in little amounts all add up. It's so important. Sure. Or, you know, obviously go to the website, too, to find out how you can volunteer as well, if that's something you're interested oh, in. Oh, WDIY.org. You can go there, figure out how to become a part of the radio station, uh, volunteer, be on the air if you want. Right. We'll train you to do news. <laughs> we fun. will help you learn whatever. It's a community asset. Mm-hmm. We're no longer a radio station. We're a nonprofit community asset that's here specifically for the people of the Lehigh Valley so that they can learn how to participate in making this uh, a place that they want to continue to live in. It's a great place, and there's a lot of things this radio station can do to help it uh, continue to improve. Before I leave it, I I have to ask, as you're, you're headed off to retirement, yeah. What, what are you looking forward to? I'm not, you're not supposed to plan, I guess, but like, what, what are you looking forward to doing? Well, I'll probably volunteer at the local right. radio station. <laughs> yes. I've uh, already, radio. I've already, I, I'm moving to the New Orleans area, the North Shore. My wife, Kathy, is there. And uh, we will, uh, we'll, we'll, I, I, I'm, I'm a part of that community now, but right. I, in, I intend to get really into the community. There's a little place called the Dewdrop. Uh, the Dewdrop Benevolent uh, Social Society, which is an old uh, AME church that uh, does shows uh, almost every other weekend. I, I think I'll probably be setting up the tent like you see at the WDIY tent. I'll be I'll <laughs> still be setting up tents right. and uh, and uh, helping people sit down. Uh, but the but but the key is I'll be able to hear some great music while I'm uh, helping out that's there. So yeah, that's why you know when and, uh, it sounds pretty good. Can't really complain. Because, I have no complaints, okay. George. Well, I have no complaints. Greg, this has been fantastic. Thank you. Um, congratulations to you. Congratulations to you know WDIY in general, and I'm sure that the board search will get somebody great, you know, and they can take Absolutely. what you have helped to build and, and keep it going forward onto that. Yeah, don't that worry. Next, that next merge. Don't worry about this place. Just make a little donation. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be fine. All right, Greg. Thank you so much. Appreciate Thanks, George. It. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you so much, Greg. Best of luck in the future. Uh, We're sure you're going to be having a lot more fun, many more adventures to come in your quote-unquote retirement. Thank you to WDIY. Be sure to check them out, WDIY.org, 88.1 FM in the Lehigh Valley area. Thank you to our sponsors, Baco Beverage, Michael Bernadine with Remax Realty, Molly's Irish Grill and Sports Pub, the Wind Creek Event Center, uh, and, of course, WDIY itself. We'll see you next time. We uh, hope to have a lot of great episodes this year. Looking forward to it. Thank you, guys.